episode 256, Paul Edgewater. Branding face-to-face. Welcome. Check out this fantastic podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, former teacher and athlete, now turned lifestyle entrepreneur, best-selling author, keynote speaker, and host of the Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Every week, I start it off with me, myself, and I, and my thoughts on the week. Get to the podcast. I'm getting to it, Adam. As usual, please do head over to ayalpha.com to connect with the show, connect with me, and really get all the exclusive stuff and what it's all about. The easiest and most interactive way is men, please do head over to my completely free men's mastermind on Facebook, Awaken Your Alpha with ALW, have some interaction, and basically connect with like-minded individuals. And that's what it's really all about. Please do share, review, like. Um, if If you have been listening to this for a while and you haven't managed to get a chance to review it, please do, it makes a huge difference. I'd really appreciate that. And reach out to me, connect. I'd love to hear your story and what you're up to and what you're doing to make a difference and a change in yourself and in the world. Enjoy this week, speak to you soon, and I look forward to sharing this week's guest. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, Live Limitless. Okay, we've got a great one for you today. We're going to be talking really about face-to-face brand building today. So not just brand building. So I mean, we're going to explain what that means, but we've got Paul Edgewater here, the man behind America's brand builder, promotions powerhouse, acclaimed singer, best-selling award winning author, speaker, and he's the co-founder of Busy Bee Promotions. So we're going to really dig into that, and maybe I'll get him to sing in the show. <laughs> so firstly, Paul, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? Oh, definitely. Most definitely. So that was quite a brief intro. Is there anything you'd like to add, highlight, or what are you all about at the moment? Well, that intro is great. I think I'll hire you as my PR agent. Hey, you know I'm open to that sort of stuff. I love that, <laughs> I love that kind of thing. I want to jump in because it's quite a varied and interesting uh, history and what you're all about. And a nice unique mix, which I think everyone's got a unique side if they can just like put it forward and not hide behind this generic, I'm a brand builder type thing. So tell us a little bit about your origins. Like, did you want to just be a singer when you was growing up? And tell us about that. And then how did you become into a brand and not even just brand building, but face to face brand building as your superpower? Well, I'll, I'll try to encapsulate it in as, as uh, most a concise way as possible. Uh, yes, uh, I did want to be a singer. Uh, that was my, my thing. I grew up at the tail end of the Beatles, and I listened to Beatles uh, records all the time, and I really, really wanted to sing. And I'm an okay singer. I, I'm adequate. I can carry a note. Um, style is one thing. Um, the content, the genre of music is another thing. Um, I still do a little singing on the side, just as a, as a side note. And, and you're going to use that skill today, so don't worry. <laughs> no problem. Uh, yeah, with this uh, wonderful microphone. Um, but um, I watched a movie, and I'm not influenced by movies a lot, because I, I actually don't, anybody knows me knows I never even go to the movies. But there was a movie, a very old movie from the 60s, um, called To Sir With Love. And it was from Sydney, oh, Sydney Poitiers in the movie. Yeah. And... He's the a great actor. Wow. He, no, I mean, there's nothing like him. <laughs> and the message on the movie uh, was a, a little bit lost on me as a kid. I was like watching this guy. And if you know the story of the movie, he's, he's coming to London for a really great job, something in his chosen field. And he, yeah. can't, he can't get the gig, so he starts substitute teaching for a while. <laughs> I have been got, there. <laughs> right. He's got this horrible class of, of uh, delinquent kids that just will not listen to him, pay him any respect or anything. And he realizes very shortly into this that 
he can't teach them book smarts. He's going to have to teach them how to function in life. Yeah. And he does a short story, make a long story short. He does a really good job at it. And then at the end of the, the movie, he gets a letter saying that he got the job, the one he really wanted. Ah. And he looks at it and he looks at the empty classroom of, of the, all these kids he impacted so well. And he tore up the letter. Ooh. Meaning he's going to keep on doing this. He found his true calling. And when I first saw that movie as a young guy, I'm like, oh, wow, he, he gave up his dreams. He's, he's just going to take the safe gig. That's, yeah. that's not the message. And then there's a second layer you go in. You could say, well, um, people skills are the most important skills in the world. And he taught these kids that very important skill. And that's going two layers in. I always like to go third, a third layer into things. There's the, the surface. Uh, there's the underlying message. And then there's the real one. And the real one is that you really have to... Uh, make hay where the sun shines. Uh, you butter your bread uh, where you can do it. And that didn't hit me till years later. I was well into my singing career and frankly going broke doing it. I was yeah. a lot of resources into it. And I worked for a guy who said, you have to make hay where the sun shines. And I pushed back and I'm like, I'm a singer. I, I'm going to be a singer. I want to do this. And then I discovered that I was really good at something else, which was um, sales and marketing. Yeah. And kind of like Sidney Poitier realized his fortune wouldn't be as this other thing he wanted to do, but rather some, somewhere else. And the artist in me, the idealist in me, fought that for years and then started making money and started doing well. <laughs> it started becoming successful. And I, I realized I could channel that creative energy into anything. It doesn't yeah. just have to be singing. And I don't have to give up singing either. I, I still do it as a hobby. Um, but I've channeled that energy into something that I had an innate skill for. We all have an innate skill. Mm. Uh, everybody listening, yourself included, you know that uh, when you're young, you, you bounce around thinking about what, what do I want to do? Yeah. And you discover that you're really good at things that you might not find initially <clears throat> really interesting. But then if you apply your innate abilities and skills to that, you make it so much more than it is on that surface. You go in that second and third level in. And that's really what happened with, uh, with Busy Bee Promotions. Uh, we're going on our 20th year now. Whoa. And frankly, I, gotta, I, I, I'm, you know, I don't usually go into this in these interviews. Yeah. Is when I started that company, I had to be kick dragging and screaming into it. I had a, <laughs> I had a business partner who saw the, the potential way more than I did. Yeah. Um, and I was very reluctant. And it took years for me to really get that moment of, aha, this, this can work. Um, so as an ancillary um, a bit of value to anybody listening out there, if you're trying to start your own business, it's really hard to do it by yourself. Yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah, I, I second that. Right? It's I, mean, very good. I, I mean, if I had a partner like on the same mission, mm -hmm. that would just, like you say, it's, it's so powerful because everyone has their ups and downs. But with two of you, you know, yeah. Ideally, you, both you if you both you when you're in that kind of real against against the war or in the, the times when you are struggling ideally they're not going to be at least in exactly the same space so you can support each other and and it's the power of a team and the right team like if you can right. get that which it sounds like you, you know you've got with busy b that's that's very it's very hard isn't it is a solopreneur pretty much to go up against that yeah and now busy b is a huge team it's not just uh, the founding um partners anymore yeah. we got a, a huge team of, of like-minded people but uh, just to, to touch on that again, again, if you're in a, a situation where you don't maybe even need a financial partner, but you want an accountability partner, it's good to have a, an affiliate network. Say if you're a, um, a marketer, you might want to partner up with a printing company so you can keep them busy and they can keep you busy. It, you, you can have an accountability partner. Yeah. I need business cards. You print them. 
vice versa, things like that. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a financial arrangement is what I'm saying. It just be an yeah. accountability partner. Like when you go to the gym, it's nice to have somebody spot you. My people skills were not very good in high school. I was a delinquent. And I, <laughs> I love I, that statement. I was a delinquent. I was a delinquent. I wonder, I, tell I, us a little I, bit more about that. That sounds interesting. I don't think I was a delinquent. In some ways I was, but I was big into sports. I think that kept me on the straight and narrow, but probably did class as a delinquent i think we might have spoke about this before i think you might have been a delinquent <laughs> i wasn't i wasn't a bad kid i was a yeah. very uh big class clown yeah. and I, I ended up getting sent to the disciplinarian office all the time and i, I was like you know the cartoon character would put a bucket of water on top of a door and it would fall on the teeth <laughs> i mean i was that guy i was a real i was a jackass let's just popular with the teachers <laughs> Every time I'd go to the disciplinarian's office, he'd be like, you again. So it was, <laughs> I, I knew I needed to learn some people skills because I had a counselor there who tried to get through to me. He's like, you know, you're not a dumb dumb, but you keep doing dumb things. And he recommended a book to me that I didn't read until years later. And it was uh, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. And that book probably kept me out of prison. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it, it also taught me a lot of skills that I apply to everything. And it goes back to that face-to-face -face marketing that we do as busy bee promotions. You really have to communicate to people in a way that um, doesn't just motivate them, but moves them. Yeah. Uh, creating a buying environment where people want to uh, opt in is a lot easier and more pleasant, frankly, than selling and selling hard. Yeah. Nobody wants to be sold. Everybody would like to make that purchase decision on their own accord. So just knowing people skills is very valuable. Uh, to creating that buying environment. This is the Yoda question. Who helped awaken your alpha? Who helped? I mean, you talk about people like certain books and potentially you've mentioned that figure, but it's a tie uh, between two people, Earl Nightingale and Tony Robbins. Oh, uh, definitely a tie there. So tell us a little bit of context between them. Cause again, some people they've seen Tony Robbins and it's all like his massive banana hands have grabbed their head. That's the point. Or other people, they may have just seen a video or they may have just read his book. So, you know, give us a little bit of context. I've, I've had the pleasure of uh, sitting down and chatting with Tony a few times. Oh, he's nice. He, he's bigger than he looks. Let's just put it that way. He <laughs> <laughs> looks like he can eat you. I mean, he's, um, well, from he's, his own words, he's always talking about, look at the size of my teeth. But yeah. I, I'm more, I, I get to his teeth eventually, but I'm just, his size of his hands. Yes. Um, like, get them things away from me. <laughs> <laughs> I got turned on to Earl Nightingale back in the 80s. And I was telemarketing at the time for a home improvements company, setting up appointments on the phone for, for people to go sell thermal windows. Yeah. <laughs> Every day there was a guy, uh, I'll call him an old guy, even though he was probably in his 30s then. I was like 17. Um, he was always listening to his Walkman during uh, his breaks. Yeah. And if you remember those early Walkman, you could, there's a lot of bleed out of those headphones. Somebody sitting next to you could hear. <laughs> yes, yes. What, and Big I could totally wasn't listening to music. You know, it was always like, rah, 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 rah. Yeah. And one day I asked him, like, what the heck are you listening to? It's not music. He's like, oh, I'm listening to uh, Earl Nightingale. I'm like, what's that? I think, you know, it's a band or something, right? Like, <laughs> Skinner and Earl Yeah, and they tore it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he's like, oh, it's personal development. And I'm like, what's that yeah <laughs> he's like ah i think you know what i think you'd like this so this was back in the day when people had dual cassette decks and yeah he he burned me a copy of earl nightingale's lead the field uh it was a horrible audio uh that he had made for me so i quickly bought an actual set now let's just fully disclose to the nightingale conan corporation that i actually made the purchase of of the actress <laughs> uh, yeah so i bought that and earl nightingale had this skill of talking on a microphone and feeling like you were really listening to like a, a gentle uncle, a mentor. Yeah. Uh, and That's he cute. already had made the assumption that you were opted in. 
he didn't ever say, you have to do this, you have to do that. It was more like, people like us do this. People like us don't do this. I like you know, that. I like yeah, that. It was it, it really I like, welcome. Yeah, I like that assumption because the reality is, if you're not people like him or, you know, you wouldn't, you'd have turned off. And if he starts saying things that you don't agree with and you, well, you think, oh, I'm not like you, then you stop listening. But the fact that you're actually listening, I mean, that's a good assumption to make. And, you know, it helps you clarify. I like that a lot. Yeah, the analogy is if you give a dog a name like Killer, it's probably going to go bite people on yeah. the leg. If you give a dog a name like Fluffy, it's probably going to sit on your lap. And if you talk to people and make the assumption that they're going to be good people, or mm. you make the assumption that they're going to buy, or make the assumption that they're going to like what you're talking about, yeah. chances are you're going to speak to them in such a way that's going to create that environment. Yeah, that is so powerful. If people are listening to this consistently, I now just hearing that back, I'm sure I don't talk enough in that way. I give people that too many options in terms of like, oh, if you, you know, if you're listening to this, I can assume a certain, you know, certain things and not talk to a way like that's, that's okay for everyone. I'm talking to the listener, literally one guy, one dude, and right. they're into this. And, you know, and if they're not, and I say something, they think, well, that's not me. They can do one. And that's, that's the freedom of choice. I like that. Yeah. It's important to always look at things from 36,000 feet. What's the worst punishment in prison? It's, Solitary confinement. Oh, I thought he was going to say something in the showers or something. <laughs> <No> <laughs> prison justice. Yeah, that's, a very close second. <laughs> uh, but the worst thing that can happen is yeah. solitary confinement. We go crazy without other people. And if you take yourself out of that situation, okay, I know I'm, as a human being, I need a connection with people. Now you mm. need to know, if you're not in prison, of course, that you need to connection with the right people. Mm. Uh, we have always seen, um, like, this is a tragedy. You see it in the streets in the city. A Marine vet, homeless, begging for money. U.S. veteran, beg, begging for money. It breaks my heart, breaks everybody's heart. Yeah. Why is that? When that person was in the military, they were in top shape, top discipline. Oh, top the discipline, everything. yeah. They did everything right. It's because people, no matter how strong we are, no matter how much we awaken our alpha, mm -hmm. we still want to be around the right people. We always live up to the expectations of people around us. Granted, we also live down to the expectations if we're with the wrong people. Your analogy about the wrong gym partner, it's like, I'm not going to hang out with this person who's dragging me down. And you shouldn't. You should find people that elevate you. Mm. Get a mentor. Get somebody yep. who will push you and drive. You have to be around the right people. And uh, I find, in my experience, the best people to be around are people who got their, their stuff together. Mm. Uh, and I, I do like to be a mentor. I am a mentor to uh, a lot of startup companies. Um, but I need to be very frank. I need to do just as much on the other side and be mentored by other people. I can't bring value to somebody who needs help if I'm not getting value from somebody who's got their stuff together on a yeah. higher level. Um, it's a give and take. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard it said that we only needed one Einstein in the last century to figure out E equals MC squared. That's true. We don't all need to figure that out. Mm. We all benefit from Einstein and we can all benefit from the learnings of somebody else. Uh, civilization should not be starting over every generation. What would you say is one of your biggest that you'd consider others would consider a failure or maybe you do or you know challenges that you've kind of overcome? It comes down to managing expectations. I learned how to do that the hard way. Uh, when you start off in business you say yes to everything and I said yes to a project I shouldn't have said yes to. Uh, it was something that had been set in stone. The pieces on the chessboard had already been set and I was plugged into this scenario. It was, I'm not going to go into any mm. uh, details about the company because it didn't make them look so hot either, but it was a, a large chain 
let's just call it a snack shop. It wasn't, but let's just call yeah. it a snack shop. And they wanted to decorate all the buildings for the holidays. And nobody was consulted on legal property management, utilities, facilities. The buildings didn't have enough power uh, to support the type of nothing was nothing was in place that could have made this work right. Yeah. Well, you, so you, is this kind of fair to say you jumped on a sinking ship when you probably <laughs> knew you shouldn't have? <laughs> not, not only was the ship sinking, but you know how like in a Titanic it cracked <laughs> half before it sank? I jumped on it after it had cracked in half. Um, yeah, I jumped on a, a, a completely uh, sinking vessel. And I shouldn't have said yes to that. And guess what? I was made to look bad. Yeah. I was actually, in retrospect, brought on as a scapegoat. Everybody knew yeah. that this project wasn't going to happen. Expectations had been set on their end. Promises had been made. And I was the one who ended up being the bearer of bad news. Hey, you can't have this. Mm. I'm sorry. And so the lesson learned, be careful what you say yes to. Yeah. Uh, make sure that if you say yes to something you haven't done already, that you can do it, meaning you just need some skills or you need some resources. But if you don't know if it's possible on any level, uh, you don't have to give an answer right away. You could yeah. say, you know what, this is a great opportunity. I appreciate that. Let me let me look at um, my schedule or my resources, or let me check into this a little bit deeper before I say yes, or before I make a commitment. Yeah, if I'm in, I'm all in. Yeah, and that, that actually makes you look good in some ways, not just like, oh, yeah, 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 before yeah. you know anything. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to look desperate, and you definitely don't want to say yes to something now you can't do. Somebody I'm following now and somebody who I'm going to be um, um, coaching with in October is Bo Eason. Bo oh. Eason. I recognize that name. I know that name. What, how do I? <laughs> his, his, um, his, uh, his strength right now is uh, storytelling, um, speaking from the stage yeah. in the story format, but also physicality, uh, learning how to use your body. He's a yeah. former NFL safety. He worked, uh, was with the Houston Oilers and um, the 49ers toward the end of his career. And he was an all-star. I mean, he was uh, all-pro or I'm sorry, yeah. I should know more about sports. But, uh, <laughs> uh, he, he, won, he won the World Series in football. Uh, <laughs> Don't worry, you're speaking to uh, an English player. I'm like, oh, really? That sounds good. <laughs> yeah, he won Wimbledon. Um, anyway, so, uh, but I, I, I'm opting into him, and he's got a lot of great um, uh, content on YouTube that you, you don't have to pay for if you yeah. want to check his stuff out. Bo Eason, B-O-E-A-S-O-N. And he has a, a segment about falling off the wagon. Yeah. And... It's okay. I mean, we all do it. Um, and if that means you fell off the wagon and you get right back on, or you fell off the wagon and you have to find a new wagon, yeah. don't get too hard on yourself because if you get hard on yourself, you'll never get back on the wagon. You'll be like, well, I failed. Um, I know somebody and they will remain nameless, but I was talking to them about goal setting and it broke my heart because they said to me, well, I set a goal once and it didn't come true. What? <laughs> <laughs> you, what, you only what, get one one go in life. Right. I didn't get one miss. That's it. You only have one chance. Oh man, I must be lucky. That's extreme. Um, that's the pressure. I'm going to set this one goal. If I don't do it, that's it. Right. I, for the rest that's of my life, I'm going to say I did it once. You'd be surprised how many people do it. I tried to lose weight once. Uh huh. What? You keep trying. And if you eat a, a, a big chocolate cake one day, don't kick your ass. Don't kick your ass. Just, you know what, get, get back in the gym and kick ass in the gym even harder the next day. Or if you have a day where you just veg out, don't get too hard on yourself. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't let the wagon get so far away that you don't see it anymore. Don't miss two days in a row. Everyone misses a day. Like, yeah. literally, there's going to be days, for whatever reason you've been working on, that you literally just eat donuts in your sweatpants and don't get out of the house. 
But don't right. think, oh, I've stopped, that's it. Before you know that, that day is a week. Yeah. Like, even if it's you, the next day, you think, right, get back on it in some way, shape, or form. And, you, you know, in the big scale of things, it's not going to be a, a game changer unless you let it, unless that one day becomes two, becomes three, becomes a week, becomes a month, when you just, yeah, that's, that's the difference, I think. Yeah, true. And um, you do the best you can. And even then, you know, people who are uh, really into their, um, their drive and their um, goal setting, and they can, they can be especially hard on themselves. So it's not just the lethargic person who tried once, but gives up. It's also the person who really pushes them hard, the hardest, pushes mm -hmm. themselves the hardest, that gets the hardest on themselves. It gets to that point where you almost think you're never going to be satisfied because you have high expectations for certain right. things, no matter what. So no matter what you achieve, it's like, yeah, whatever, well, I'm going for this. Like you don't yeah. take the time to you know, smell the roses and be present and enjoy what's going on. Well, I believe there's nothing new under the sun. And even though I think I invented this saying, I probably didn't. Uh, but I, my mantra is to always be happy, never be satisfied. Because the fact of the matter is you can't be satisfied. I'm sorry. We're human beings. <laughs> we always want more. Yep. But we can always be happy. That's a choice. So I want to really dig into, I know we mentioned right at the start of the show, branding and face-to-face -face branding. Yeah, yeah. What would you say are your top six mistakes people make in branding? And all the flip side, like what are some really key components to have an effective face-to-face -face branding? And explain to people the distinction of your type of branding. Busy Bee Promotions um, creates a face-to-face -face interaction between brand and consumer. What we do is we create an engaging um, environment for the consumer in the store and, and communicate the, the, the mission of the, the product, the features and benefits, the story behind the brand. Mm -hmm. The consumer goes away feeling like they have a relationship with the brand now. It's not just they got a sample. They yeah. actually know somebody who's at this, at this company and aren't they nice and aren't they cool? I feel a connection with them. It's amazing how much influence it it is to speak to the person who's starting the company. Like if you see somebody who's just starting their company and they're in the store, uh, example would be a, a guy I saw who has a whiskey company and he's the owner and CEO and yeah. um, he was very passionate about it. He explained to me why his whiskey was so much better than every, I don't even drink whiskey. and I bought yeah. a bottle of it. <laughs> he, moved, he moved me and I, I still feel like I have a kinship with this yeah. company now, even though I'm not a consumer of it. And the same thing goes with um, you know, organic cookies or, or a juice or something. Or t yeah, t-shirts. I think I'm just thinking of a t-shirt that I wear all the time because I know the guy whose company it is. And I just, you know, I like, I like the guy. So, and I, the t-shirt looks cool, but I, it's not goes beyond that. It's because of the yeah. story and what it represents. And it's his baby at the end of the day. Exactly. And the bigger picture with that face-to-face -face interaction is if you look at your own life, what influences you to buy and the populace in general, it is a recommendation from someone you know, like, and trust. Um, if you've bought a car or if you bought any higher ticket items or a house, it was through a realtor. Um, but somebody said, hey, this is really cool. You should try it too. 93% of all sales still occur with humans talking to other humans on some level. Mm. Less than 10% is covered by everything else, social media, uh, TV, media. Yeah. Anything else that's less than 10% of the influence to purchase is made outside of that human connection. People forget that because social media is so effective and it's almost like that set it and forget it mentality. The, the laziness of the human nature, and I, I say this from personal experience too, kicks in. It's like, wow, I could do this social media thing and make all this money. And you can, no doubt about it. But if you really want to influence people, it's better to do it with other people. It's a lot easier to break through 
to somebody in a store with an engaging personality. And again, I'm speaking about busy bee promotions yeah. in our space. I don't care what kind of social media company has. If they, if a consumer walks into that store and they see a table with a, a, an engaging personality offering them samples in a story, they're going to make the sale every time. The yeah. person, with, the company with the great social media program, won't move any product that. No, it'll get people's at attention all. initially, but then right. if we're doing that in a business sense, you, like you say, you need that, even that reassurance and that's you know that that touch definitely. I mean. Yeah. That's huge. And even on like what you could consider online companies, that's why there's so many people where they're offering strategy sessions or calls because they can get all the information and they're kind of, so they, a lot of times they need that just to run things, but oh, they need to just talk yeah. to a person and have that kind of connection with the person they're buying from. Yeah. Well, we've all heard of a company called Groupon, right? And <laughs> when Groupon started, they're, they're actually neighbors of ours. They're like a mile away from yeah. our office. When they first started, uh, they hired Busy B to do face-to-face uh, interactions in a lot wow. of markets across the country. We actually walked around and talked to people about Groupon. Yeah. Uh, even a, a tech company like Groupon sees the value in that connection with a human being. Um, there, there's nothing that can substitute that. I'm sure if you look at some of your better connections, um, they've been made because you met the person in, in, in the flesh. Oh, huge. Yeah. That's and after you meet somebody virtually, your connection is never complete until you actually shake their hand. Yeah, and that's and that's what happens. It's either like the flip side. The best connections are either like yourself met you first, and then we're following up and get yeah. to find out a bit more of what's going on, or the other way. I've, you know, I've spoke to someone on the podcast, and for, they are quality. I like from this, I've really enjoyed it. And the reality is, a lot of times for that level, somehow, some way, we've then physically met up. Yeah, and, and I'm talking like all over the world. If I'm going in that direction, I'm like, oh, I'm over your way, and they're like, oh, let's meet up because we've yeah. had that initial connection. Yeah, yeah. We meet each other and think, oh, he's still all right, and then it's just gone on like some like really good friendships. It's interesting, yeah. and it's neat too when you meet these people for the first time in the flesh. You feel like you're you're reconnecting, yeah. even though you've never actually connected. You feel like you've reconnected. Human beings really, really yearn for connection, and yeah. it's, there's nothing like a handshake or a yeah. hug just the best thing in the world. Yeah. Are there any key sort of mistakes that you see people making that you're just like, well, oh, because it's your thing, it just like stares you in the face and you just like need to tweak that and tweak that. Right. Um, Education-based marketing is something people uh, need to study. Um, I always like to say that everybody likes to get an education. Nobody likes to be schooled. And this is something <laughs> that can go back to uh, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. When you're presenting facts, uh, do it in such a way that makes it seem like you're on the path to discovery along with somebody. Uh, the, um, the old encyclopedia salespeople from the 50s and 60s came up with a, a, a system called the feel, felt, found method. And if I'm repeating something people know, repetition is the mother skill like Tony Robbins said, right? <laughs> um, if somebody um, that you're speaking to has any kind of concern or objection about something you're talking about, immediately agree with them. I know how you feel. Because it's true. They just told you how they felt. Now you know how they feel and you can say that <laughs> I know how you feel. They just told you. I like that. I like that. A lot. Then you follow up immediately with saying, I know a lot of people have felt that. I mean, it's a common thing. Again, this goes back to the human interconnection that we all desire. People don't want to be the only person with that concern. They want to know that it's a common thing they're concerned yeah. about. And here's where people mostly drop the ball at the feel felt found method. They say, but what I found is, don't ever say I. People don't care about you. Personal pronouns. <laughs> I'm not saying they don't care about you. They do, but it, you're, you're, you're hitting a wall if you do that. Say what we have found, what we have found is this. So, for instance, let's say um, you're trying to sell a truck, and it's a Chevy truck. And the person's like, I don't like Chevys. I like Fords. 
Um, I drive a Ford truck, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to cross wires in my head right now. <laughs> I would never buy a Chevy. No. Um, so if somebody says, well, I don't like Chevy trucks. I like Ford trucks. I know how you feel. A lot of people felt that way. We all yeah. know the only thing about trucks, it's very polarizing. Um, but you say, what we have found is this Chevy truck, X, Y, Z. And people are like, okay, all right. I still like my Ford, but I can understand why this particular benefit is, uh, is a value. Um, yeah. Because you're on that... You try to put yourself on their side of the table and, and go on that road of discovery the same way. Nobody wants to hear an erudite, pontificating, pedantic jackass. And yeah. um, if you come at people with too much knowledge or too much authority, don't, they'll push back. Um, yeah. A good book to read is Ben Franklin's autobiography. Um, he wrote it originally as a, a, a diary for his kids. And it's an interesting book because he wrote the first half of it when he was young. And then the second half, when he was an old man, you can actually oh, feel the difference wow. in the prose halfway yeah. through the book. Like, this is written by an old man. This is written by a young man. Uh, but he was ambassador to France. And he had a really uh, interesting uh, way to get people to see things his way. He would present his idea with a level of self-doubt. Like, I think we should do this, but I just don't know if it's a good idea. People then felt compelled to defend his idea hmm. because he was unsure about it. Yeah, as opposed to saying, this is the way, if you disagree with me, there's something wrong with you. The issues People will you. fight you. you instead, yeah. if you say, I, I had this idea, I don't know if it's going to work, you present it and you're like, I, I just don't think it's that great of an idea. People will look at you and listen and be like, you know, actually that could work. Hmm. Uh, Ronald Reagan said, it doesn't matter who gets the credit, uh, if you want to get things done, just anybody can get the credit. You'd be surprised how much. Wow. I have to say, out of all the things we've been talking about, that is alpha to me. That is because like, that's when you've got it, you know, because the ego comes into play if you're not yeah. allowing yourself to do that. And like someone like that saying, you know, it, it doesn't matter who gets the credit. That's, and just kind of that whole ethos around it. That is, is huge. Well, you can get out of your own way a bit. <laughs> get out of your, your, your ego is not your amigo. I've seen a bump. <laughs> um, but I, I, I kind of um, messed up his quote. His exact words were, you would be amazed at what you can get done when you don't care who gets the credit. And that's how Ronald Reagan said it. And that's a powerful thing because we all have ego. Oh, that's literally, that's almost worthy of getting, I'm going to get some quotes up on, the, on my wall around here. I like yeah. that. I think that's, yeah. that's, that's relevant to me. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> relevant and, to us, I'm sure. And, and, and for, for anything else, if you're running an organization, a company, um, I, I've come up with ideas that I think are good, but I just kind of throw them out there and hope somebody else gloms on and makes yeah. it their own idea. I don't care who, who gets the credit for my ideas because we all benefit from it. So I very rarely, you know, and if anybody from my company is watching this, they're going to know my little secret, but I, I play the fool. And <laughs> I play the fool because when I present an idea, it, it's, there's no defense mechanisms out. They're like, oh, he's just got one of his crazy ideas again. But I present it in such a way where people are like, this is kind of good. It might not even register that I said those words. Yeah. Um, somebody else would be like, hey, I have a great idea at the next meeting. And I'd be like, that's a great idea. I like it. That's an awesome idea. <laughs> yeah. but, it, but the bottom line is it gets done. Coming into the alpha round to try and wrap this up, you kind of covered a few of my things. I look for you know a book recommendation, um, your favorite quote. And you had a great quote there. I mean, I, I'll take that. But if you want to add anything else, feel free. But um, And the book recommendation, if there's a specific book um, in addition to that one, please let me know. Um, yeah, so that's why I started off with them things, but I, I, you kind of covered them, but I just want to give you the opportunity to clarify that. Well, the, the books thing, that's something I'm, I'm passionate about. And um, one thing, I'll, I'll plug a company that uh, has a really useful app for anybody on an iPhone, and I don't know if there's an Android version of it, but it's mm -hmm. called Self-Help Classics. 
uh, it, it's like a couple bucks and you can get all these different great books. I'm ready. <laughs> Self-help classics. But um, if, you, if you're like me and you like an old book and you like the way they smell and the feel in your hands, um, I, would, I would let you know that, um, there's, again, there's nothing new under the sun. Uh, an analogy I like to make is that in music, uh, we'll talk about Western music primarily, but out of every piece of music you've ever heard in your life, classical, reggae, blues, rock, house, EDM, uh, anything. There's only seven notes. Seven notes did all of that. There's only seven notes in Western music. Yet, look at all the different permutations of music. Mm. Seven notes. And personal development is the same way. There, are, there aren't that many rules to living a good life. There's just endless ways to present that information. You've got the Tony Robbins who's very physical with it. Yeah. But if you listen to what he's saying, it's no different than what Earl Nightingale said in front of a microphone just sitting there. Mm. But it was a different delivery system. Uh, there, and, and if you go back to the beginning, so genesis of modern personal development, a lot of people start like with the Napoleon Hills and all that. And that's going back kind of far, but it's not really truly the, the genesis of modern personal development. And the book I would recommend to people is from Samuel Smiles, like Smile. Okay. He's the gentleman who coined the term self-help. He invented that word, that wow. term, if you will. Yeah. And he was the first person who did biographies on industrial barons. And he interviewed what Napoleon did, Hill did in the 20s. This guy did in the 1860s. Um, I would start there. Samuel Smiles, wow. self-help, and work your way up from there. Um, again, you have to connect with things. And mm. the delivery system is important. And we all heard of that movie, The Secret, that was out, what, 10 years ago. Yeah. Earl Nightingale had the strangest secret on LP back in the 50s. Same information. Yeah. Same information, but it was presented in a movie versus a vinyl record. Yeah. Um, there is nothing new under the sun. Any personal development book you get is probably a permutation of those seven notes in music. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you, it's hard to go wrong because if you go by what uh, Jim Rohn said, if you get one idea from something that changes your life, it, it's fine. You know, a lot of people talk about Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. I love that book, but there's like two chapters in there that I think are complete rubbish. I, just, <laughs> yeah. I put those aside yeah. and I don't even, I don't even read those anymore because I read that book every year. Yeah. I just don't read those chapters because I don't agree with them. They, they don't move me. They don't do anything. I think them. that's what I really like. That's why, I mean, more and more now exclusive. Whenever I read a book now, I have my highlighter ready because yeah. like you say, it's not, you know, I've got the biggest, best book with the most information. What's going to help you? Like whether it's one thing. So I'm looking, I'm almost looking to find the nuggets, but also like you say stuff. If I flick back in my books now and there's a big whole section where there's no highlights, I know, okay, that's not relevant to me. Not saying it's not good, but it's not me. And then there's right. other stuff where it's just like the highlight almost runs out and I'm just like, now I flick back to it and I'm like, Oh, that's it. And it's just straight to it. And again, it's just like a, you know, cutting the success curve instead of rereading the entire book and saying, oh, that's not relevant to me. Oh, where's that good bit? You know, it's, yeah. it's there. And I even, I even have two colors, usually one like red for actionable, not stuff that I think, oh, that's nice. What yeah. am I going to action now? And like, that's a great oh, idea. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to steal that idea. It's just, it's, it's good. So when you flick back, because again, even the stuff that's really relevant, you think you love that, or if it's a quote, stuff, but then there's stuff that it might be like, it could be fitness, it could be, you know, finance, something where you're just like, oh, that's good. And I need to action it now. So highlight red highlight at the top so we literally pick up the flick it and it's there and you just straight back into it and, and that's whether it's action today or action this week but you know you have your own system but and then you get a book and it's like 
this is what I got from it. Okay, what did you learn from it? What did you actually do with it? It is a different that's thing. A, that's a great idea. I love that. And I'm totally stealing that idea. <laughs> it's hard to go wrong as long as you go into any kind of situation with personal development with, I'm going to learn at least one really cool thing here. Yeah. And um, going back to Jim Rohn, he said uh, once, uh, successful people are successful because they do things that unsuccessful people don't do. Um, I'm going to give everybody a, a little tip of mine right now on how to get this stuff really cheap. If you go on eBay and you look for personal development, you can buy these things on cassette for next to nothing. Now you're going to be like, what do I do with cassettes? <laughs> you can go on Amazon and buy a tape deck for like yeah. 50 bucks. And I have a whole library of things I've accumulated since the 80s, but I still buy cassettes. I'll get some cassette program that might have cost four or 500 bucks new for $5 yeah. or $10. And why not, right? It's yeah. kind of fun to sit around at home with a cassette deck and just listen to this stuff. Man, the, the, if, if I could reach anybody uh, today, it would just be to be open to the old stuff. It doesn't have to be the latest and greatest because it's going to be a permutation of those seven notes. And sometimes I'll be uh, listening to the old stuff and be like, these guys are really frank. They, they, they cut to the point. They don't dance around things. They say things in a language that, even kids would understand, like, I, I really should try to do this. I think if there was anything wrong with new personal development versus old is we try to dance around people's feelings a little bit too much. Mm. Now. Like, you don't want to make people feel bad about themselves. Well, you know what? Uh, sometimes it's good to feel disgusted. Yeah, you need that leverage. Everyone's got that point where they're like, I've had enough of this. And it's a personal thing. But, you know, yeah. like you say, if you try and make them feel good about what is something they don't feel good about that it can delay how long they're going to be struggling to change. So exactly. It's, it's the fitness thing. I, I, my friend uh, made a video of me almost a year to the day of, we just walked out of a restaurant and he had some app that changed your voice and made you speak like a cartoon yeah. and really low. And I was looking at it. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm fat and old. <laughs> and until, until I saw that, I didn't realize how far I'd let myself go. I got really disgusted. Yeah. And that motivated me. There's nothing wrong with being... If you had a coach who came in and said, no, 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 take it easy. You're not too bad and it's okay. But then, you know, that's, no, no, no. That you want that. You want that yeah. kind of like, ah, crap, because that's what's going to inspire you to move, to yeah. you know, crack on. And once you drop that weight, throw away those fat clothes. Don't Donate them. Get rid of them. They shouldn't <laughs> even be point. in the house anymore. Yeah. Donate them. They're not coming back yet. They're not coming back. But it's okay to have that leverage, like you say. Just in closing up, what's the best people, way people can connect with you if they want to find out more? Um, best way is uh, through my company website, busybeepromotions.com. It's spelled just the way it sounds. You could also do busybeepromos if you don't feel like typing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you, version. Um, you can uh, go to the contact page. I'm at the bottom of the contact page. Uh, I'm available for speaking. Uh, I generally speak yeah. in my industry, but I'm more than happy to chit-chat about people uh, with people about other things, uh, bigger picture stuff. And we've covered so much. So I kind of feel like we got the essentials out of the way but i just have these in my mind what is your favorite movie of all time and why and what is your go-to jam if you have to if you get dropped in it either on a stage i would say karaoke but you're a singer it's not karaoke if you get dropped on the stage and right like paul let's let's hear it okay <laughs> um, why am i thinking that <laughs> well I, I actually talked about my favorite movie and it's to serve with love i know it's yep. a touchy feely thing but i it's it's a wonderful piece and there's a hit song in that song as well or in that movie as well it was performed by lulu and it's a song called to serve with love okay uh, i believe it's from 67 i think um and i believe it hit number one so it's a great song wow. lulu yeah no she's from, i think liverpool in england yeah so she's awesome yeah hey, you know she's, she's got, got one of it 
Yeah. <laughs> One of the best, most sultry voices ever. I mean, I could listen to her sing all the time. And it's a shame that her career is, you know, so yeah. short. But I'm assuming that's not the, the song you would sing if you get put on the spot. No, no. <laughs> um, if somebody drops me into a karaoke bar, I'm generally going to sing uh, Brandy from Looking Glass. That's, that's a good song for me. I don't um, know how that goes. And I'm being honest. It sounds like I'm setting you up, but I honestly don't know how that goes. <laughs> well, um, there's a port in a western town, and it serves a hundred ships in town, lonely sailors. Uh, I need a karaoke screen. Uh, <laughs> half the time around, talking about their homes, and it goes into Brandy. You're a fine girl. What a good wife you would be. And I'm all over the road right now with that. But uh, either way, that's yeah, good... of course, that's it, man. I, I see that's something that I really appreciate because that's like if you talk about um, outside of your comfort zones. For me, that's got to be the number one. Like <laughs> it's so far outside of my skill set, and I just. Literally, all I've got up my sleeve for that is not even singing. It's uh, the rap from Vanilla Ice Ice Baby because well, it's hard. singing. <laughs> Rapping is hard, right? You know, there's nothing easy about but at it. At least I cannot sing a note. Most people sing in voices that aren't their true voice. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you took a Bart Connor from the Olympics in the 80s and told him to play in the NBA, he wouldn't be able to do it because he's too short. But yeah. you ask Michael Jordan to do a backflip, he's never going to be able to do it because he's too tall. Yeah. Uh, so your voice is the same way. It's a physical part of your body. And if you try to make it do something it's not designed to do, it's going to be very difficult. People then say, well, that's right. I'm not designed to sing. I'm going to say that's not true. The only difference between singing and speaking is that your singing voice is your speaking voice with a melody added to it. It's going to sound like you. When Adam sings, it's going to sound like Adam. Yeah. If, if, if you try to sound like, like wrong. Yeah. If you try to sound like a singer you like, like I like Steve Perry. But if I try to sound like Steve Perry, I'm going to go into the hospital because I'm going to, I'm going to bleed from my ears. Uh, so don't try to sound like something you're not. Just sing yeah. in your speaking voice, and you can discover what your speaking voice is. I learned this from my voice coach uh, by saying, mm, and you can feel the sinus cavities in your forehead yeah. vibrating. Mm, that's your range. Mm, when you say, hmm, mm. don't stray too far yeah. from that up or down, and you can sing like a, like a bird. Because I'm always fascinated because I just – I haven't looked into it too much, but this is so interesting because I'm always like, how can I, well, in my mind, how can I speak? And this is in comparison, comparison even. How can I speak so well and, and sing so badly? And it, it just switches, probably because of what you just kind of discussed there. Because yeah. I, oh, I at least sound, you know, I'm not saying it's a good voice for singing, but at least sound similar or the level. But it just, it's, it's night and day. It's nothing like it at the moment. I bet you'd sound great. You have a great speaking voice. So you'd interesting. Sound great. This is, this, I'm going to investigate this in the, like maybe in the shower or something. <laughs> yeah. and, and I, I'm very modest about my singing. It's not a great singing voice. And my speaking voice, frankly, is not great. And I'm not fishing for compliments, yeah. but I use my tool the way it's designed to be used. Yeah. I, could, I could sing okay. Uh, what I just did was horrible. But I could <laughs> put me in, you know, in front of a band or a microphone yeah. and I've got all the other pieces. I can get by I'm, and I enjoy yeah. it. But um, ditto with speaking, you, you don't push your voice to do anything it, it isn't yeah. to do. Just like, I'm not going to try to bench press 500 pounds, I'll die, but I can do 225 pretty easy, I guess, you know, so I'll do that. Yeah. Voices are so delicate, those vocal cords are like, they're, they're the softest tissues in your body and you have to treat them with kindness. Awesome. Well, I think that's, it's a strange and random, but I think useful way to finish. Yeah. <laughs> so thank, thank you so much for your time today. I know. Apologies for keeping you a little bit longer, but it's been That's an absolute right. pleasure today. 
don't be a stranger. Don't let it be another year before we speak again. I know. We've been way too long. <laughs> uh, let me know if uh, you want to connect next time. Uh, I'm in Chicago. Come on by and we'll have some lunch by you. Oh, next. definitely. Awesome. Thank cool. you. Cheers. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Also head over to Facebook, Awaken Your Alpha with ALW to join a great group of men in there. Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back.